Hello and welcome to the One Board Podcast. I am Rick White using my smooth voice, so, you know, not very good. And joining me, as always, is a man whose voice is always much smoother than mine, Ryan Gatelski. How are you, Ryan? Hey, good. I ate a stick of butter before coming on every night. Yeah, so, that sounds terrible for your digestive system. It's it's a it's and my commitment to the craft. Yeah, it's my commitment to the craft, Rick. So to the craft is that like a cheese joke and a butter That's joke a, somehow? And yeah, craft doesn't make butter though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's a commitment, so, more of a commitment to the land or lakes. Or yes, yes, yeah. So, yep, only use the richest butters. Rick, how you been doing, man? I'm good. It's late. Um, I'm sleepy. There's a, a coughing baby upstairs, so you know this is the best life. time to record. That's right. Well, you're uh, you're currently on summer vacation now. You're in vacation. Well, I'm in post planning still, but I can pretend. Oh. You can you can pretend summer started for you. Yes. Oh. Yes. Woo! I'm on the beach. Woo! Maybe you can have like one of those couch. Woo. Maybe you can have like a beach poster maybe in your house somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Something that says life's a beach or something cheesy like that. That's good. Yeah. I could probably go for that. Official start to summer. So yeah, exactly. Anyway, Rick, uh, it's been, uh, this, this episode, we've got a, an interesting topic. Uh, this was actually suggested by my wife, Erin. She had, thrown out this idea for the show. Uh, This one's all about our changing taste in games. Uh, I'm about to hit a milestone birthday uh, at the end of the week. And uh, we're going to talk about like how our game tastes have changed over the decades, Mm. I guess. So what do you think about that? You know, it sounds like we're going to talk about you a lot. So obviously I'm not as excited about it, but I can give it a try. Yeah, you can try. You can try. No, I think yeah. uh, I think uh, I was trying to think of what games I liked in my twenties, and you know, now in my thirties, and eventually going into my forties. So, um, but yeah, so yeah. I think it'll be interesting. But before we get to that, what you been playing, Rick? What have I been playing? Well, you know, the gaming is starting to ramp up a little bit more. I like that. Um, I still we're going to have a game night with. Some friends of ours, Kyle and Chris, you know Kyle and Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have a game night with them on Friday, so that's cool. And I might see you this weekend, which yes, is also which I'm cool. About. Yes. Um, but um, I have been playing more games with Sarah, and so the other night we broke out Agropolis, which I backed on Kickstarter, which is nice. like the sequel spinoff expansion-y thing. I mean, it's its own game, but you can play it with uh, Sprawlopolis, which mm-hmm. was a button-shy game that got a lot of attention. Was it 2019? Everything comes together. Let's see. Yeah. I fell asleep. Why are we doing this so late? Um, you <laughs> delayed it. <laughs> Listen, don't tell, the, don't tell the listeners the truth. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it's pretty straightforward uh cooperative game played with like 17 18 cards um one side of the card has like a layout of like four different kinds of uh terrain types and Mm -hmm. so each one has those four terrain types and then 
um, has some roads going across it. And so what you're trying to do is try to set them up to where like you've got big chunks of, you know, the same colors all put together. That's a way to get points. Yeah. Try to limit the number of roads because that takes away points. And then, um, you know, each round on the other side of the cards that don't have the land on them, there are different like rules, scoring rules. So at the beginning of the game, you flip over three of those and that's your three scoring methods. And each one has Mm -hmm. a (laughs) total, excuse me, a total point value at the top of each card. And it's got, um, so that you know, like the total that you're trying to work on, it's a cooperative game. So you're trying to all work together to reach that score. Um, Agropolis, I don't know that it's all, it's, it's different enough from the other game. There's some things in there, like, um, there are animal pins that like some of them have one pin, some of them have two pins. So that can be a different thing. And there's a few other things that allow you to have some different scoring opportunities, but it's a fun game. I've only played it a few times, Sprawlopolis, and I played it with younger players who were not very good at it. And so it was not enjoyable. But Sarah and I had a good time with it. We beat the game, so that was good. Um, But one that if you like Sprawlopolis, I think you'll like Agropolis, and you can combine the games together and have like a really big, you know, multi-card game that you can play together. Yeah, it looks really cool just merging all that stuff together. That looks really cool. So that's awesome. Definitely, and I've got like a couple of, I've got an expansion or two that I haven't checked out quite yet, but... Yeah. Um, button shot, you know, we've, I've got, you know, I backed like their past few Kickstarters because mm-hmm. they're cheap and they're pretty fun and, you know, very portable. So I think those, you know, you know, if we're foreshadowing some of our conversations, I think those smaller games that I can kind of take with me are some of the things I've been really into the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, it, I'm a big fan of city building games so i that's definitely one that i need to check out so yeah or you know farm farm building games you know farm building games yeah 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 yeah. um so i've been playing uh me and the family have been playing a kickstarter game and usually we don't talk about previews uh necessarily on the podcast uh very often but this is a game called fossil canyon that's currently on kickstarter and it is a game that was done in coordination with the uh the uh what is it the natural museum in chicago i don't have the box near me but anyway, um, but this is done by a company called Polymath Play, and they are making educational games or games with an educational spin on them. And uh, Fossil Canyon was really good. So I think when I started playing, when I started looking at Fossil Canyon, uh, the you know it it's hard because over the past two years, you've seen a lot of fossil digging, fossil building games. You know, you have Mm -hmm. Jurassic parts, which we are huge fans of Jurassic parts. And in fact, that's a game that every time I play it, it gets better. Like I like Jurassic Mm -hmm. parks parts more now than I did when we first played the finished prototype and did the preview for it. And I liked it back then. Um, but then you've got like Fossilus from uh, kids table board gaming, which is just a gorgeous game, beautiful game. Um, but fossil Canyon is unique because they are actually, there's this educational piece to it where you're digging into a 
fossil, basically a, a dig site. You've got all the cards flipped face down and you're digging two fossils out each turn and you pull them and you look at them and you decide what you want to do with them. Each of the cards have uh, pie charts in the top corner that tell you how many fossil pieces are needed to complete that dinosaur. And what I love the most about this, and I think this is, I think this is what stands out about Fossil Canyon is the scoring mechanism, uh, the way scoring is kept, is done with a puzzle. So each person has a museum tile that is a puzzle piece, and then you connect on the puzzle pieces of the dinosaurs that you complete. So each puzzle piece is a horizontal line that has a puzzle piece, uh, like an indent, puzzle indent on one end, and a puzzle indent, uh, I guess, a puzzle piece that is not indented out dent that doesn't sound out dented right. yeah out dented yeah on the other side out dente yeah out dente it's out dente um and you're each time you complete a fossil you're putting that fossil into your into your museum in that horizontal row and it is such a cool way to score um each puzzle piece for each uh each fossil that you collect is slightly different sizes. Um, and it measures it's the measurement is basically, uh, how many visitors that fossil will bring in. So obviously the Tyrannosaurus Rex, a finished T-Rex will bring in a stupid amount of visitors. But if I were to do like a Triceratops and, uh, Allosaurus, I would actually beat the T-Rex if I was able to put together those other two, which have a few more cards in there. Um, and, and are more new, more readily available. And so I really like the scoring mechanism. I really like how you're looking over at, they say to put, have a scorekeeper. So the person basically adds the, uh, adds the puzzle pieces to your horizontal row for your museum. And I love that idea because you can just glance over and be like, mm, I'm slightly behind so-and-so if I can get this small, uh, fossil in my uh, installed in the museum. I can go ahead and just surpass them. It, it's a really cool. I think they did a great job with it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the final product looks like. But it's on Kickstarter. If you're look, if you're listening to this around uh, first week of June, they just launched the Kickstarter on June second, and we have a full um, we have a full uh, preview of the game up on One Board Family. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really I'm looking at it right now. I recommend it to people to, you know, while you're driving in your car, start looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You'll read all the dino facts because there's dinosaur facts on every single card, including uh, information about the age that that dinosaur, that specific dinosaur comes from, what they ate, how the average weight of that dinosaur, stuff like that. So um, get just ingest all those stats while you're driving. I think that's a great, nice. great way to do it. So I like it. Yeah. And this awesome. is one, this is one that you could probably use in the classroom or, or even uh, help out, you know, appoint a teacher in this direction. I was about know. to say, we don't do a lot of dinosaur discussion in algebra two, but I can, you know, do my best. Well, you can talk about like, no, I'm trying to figure out how we can talk about out dense out dense no but i mean this is something that you could definitely use in the classroom so um if yeah. you have if you have a science teacher in your life um if you have somebody who is is game schooling with their kids fossil canyon is really solid 
Nice. Yep. Hey, look, That's we're quoted. Good. How fancy. Um, that's you right there. Sorry, yeah. like I'm, like I said, I'm really legit looking at you know the Kickstarter right now. I know that's I what I do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I posted. Ryan, did you were you so proud of me that I posted on our Instagram the other day? I was. I posted I was so Agropolis and Funkoverse, both of them, in the past I like know. week. It's so Look good. Me contributing. Yes. Let it be known that I'm better than Bob. All right. So. Uh, um. So we played Funkoverse the other day, mm-hmm. um, Sarah and I, which it's not the first time we've played, but we've not played in like a year. Um, Funkoverse, in my brain, I compare it like to Unmatched. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just because it's like different IPs fighting against each other. Yeah. Um, but the games just, you know, I still haven't played Unmatched. Um, but Which is uh, crazy to me. When I people know, right? tell me that they've not played Unmatched, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Listen, so, I have played a million okay. times. Um, well, I've watched you play Unmatched a lot. Um, yeah. And like, I think this is, I think Funkoverse is kind of a more casual game. Yeah. Um, I, I, or not kind of, it definitely is a more casual game. Um, you know, it's, the IPs are a little bit more, well, I mean, Unmatched is getting Marvel, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the thing that's coming. So, so I mean, uh, the, both of them are both. Right, of them. So right. yeah. Marvel, I think this week, uh, hit Funkoverse. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think with Funkoverse, you know, it started with like Harry Potter and the golden girls, like some of the IPs yep. that it started with were not like, like Unmatched kind of started in a little bit more public domain and then started to kind of venture into the licenses, licenses and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think Funkoverse is m- like 40% of it, that game is like owning miniature versions of Funko Pops. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's some game behind it. I mean, it's fun. Um, uh, but basically you have, there's a bunch of different ways that you can play. Um, each box comes with two or four characters and then like a map that you can play on. And, you know, there's different things that you can do, but like most of it involves like your characters going head to head against each other. We played basically like a, like a leaders game where we each picked one of, we played it to where we each had three characters and then one of them was a leader. And so like your allies and leaders and how they like, defeated each other you got certain amounts yeah. of points and stuff like that um we played uh we we i've got two the two golden girls box sets and i've got one of the harry potter sets and so we mixed those all together um which was kind of interesting so to have like the idea of you know draco was basically punching sophia the like 80 year old lady in the head um, yeah, and yeah. so to have that was kind of interesting. Um, uh, but it was, it's fun. Um, it's very straightforward once you kind of, um, it's got a cool mechanic for like how you get to use like your special abilities. You have to use these little tokens, um, and you get like a set for based on the characters that you have. So mm-hmm. they can like share tokens some somewhat, but like if you use a token, it goes on this little track and then each round it moves down the track so that like you know you can't overuse your special powers and stuff like that which is pretty cool um but um it's 
yeah, there's some elements of it that I don't like. I mean, it can get a little bit um, repetitive after a while. Like one thing that, like again, in thinking more that it's about the pieces, um, mm-hmm. the Funko Pop things themselves, their heads are too big to fit inside of like a square. We um, noticed that too. So yeah, it's kind of weird because if you have a grouping of four of the or four of the Funko figures, they kind of like all butt heads and they just kind of slightly tilt one direction. Right. It's yeah, it almost I almost wish the squares were slightly bigger or their heads were slightly smaller. Yeah. Right. Just because it's a little it, it that that part of my brain who's like, okay, they need to be a little further away from each other. Right. Just, it, yeah messes with me. right and i mean that's kind of like you know with i mean it's almost like the unmatched and funko need to like switch boards because like they would fit perfectly on the you know with the big circles on an unmatched board where you've got plenty of space um but um it's fun it's funny i mean to have the golden girls like that's my wife and i still watch the golden girls it's one of you know her favorite shows it's very yeah. entertaining um to get to include that in a board game and, you know, make references from the show. It's very entertaining. Um, they've got lots of IPs out there. Um, I've got, I've got like the sets I've already told you. And then I've got a Darkwing duck one. That's, uh, yes. You know, one separate one. They've got like the Kool-Aid man is one that I want to try to get. Cause I think that's hilarious. I've got the Kool-Aid um, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I've got, um, I'm looking at my Funko. Uh, let's see. I've got Kool-Aid Man. I've got uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas set. Uh, then I have Catwoman and uh, Robin and uh, Rose and uh, what's her face? Rose and Blanche. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you, how often do you guys play? I mean, given how much you play Unmatched, do you play Funko versus yeah, that Yeah, so much? not very much. We, we only play Funko versus probably three, four times a year. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think, I think what you said is that like, it's silly and it's fun. Um, it's the one, it's a game that I would bust out if it was like the kids and us playing and we were just like laughing and it really didn't matter who won. And we were just, right. just having a good time listening to music, whatever. Um, but if we we're playing a strategic game where we were like, okay, let's see who's going to win this thing. Like unmatched all the way. Like, I feel like Definitely. there's, there's the strategic nature of unmatched is a little more not adult, but like uh, a little more mature. And then mm-hmm. Funko verse is just silly. I mean, the fact that Jack Skellington and Oogie Boogie could be on the same team or Oogie Boogie and Rose are on the same team. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's silly. The Kool-Aid man and Catwoman are best friends, you know um, it's, right. it's silly and it's fun and it definitely fits for some people's gaming needs well and it's definitely got that like collectible element to it like yes you know the the part of me that really wants to you know own everything that you know i mean obviously my giant board game collection where i have so much that i you know haven't even played yet there's part of me that just wants to buy stuff um but there's lots of cool toys you know or like figures that you can get i mean like you said marvel's coming out uh july 1st it looks like um, there's Back to the okay. Future, Harry Potter, Nightmare Before Christmas, Game of Thrones, Rick and Morty, you know, Jaws, Space Jam. The new Space Jam has yep. some. So if you want to play as LeBron James, um, you know, there's all kinds of uh, yeah 
different IPs that are covered. So if well, that's if the that's crazy something... part. When I saw Darkwing Duck uh, as one of the options, I was like, I want that, even though I only play it three or four times a year. You know, right. it's like it's right. like I'm like I want Darkwing Duck, but then right. I don't really play it that often. So I need Darkwing Duck. So it doesn't matter what you need; it matters what you want. That's true. Um, that's true. That's what. That's how they get you. Um, suck you in, you know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, needs, I need <laughs> to play some more Destinies. So uh, you have not played Destinies from Lucky Duck Games. I have and not. It's oh man. Remember how I felt about Chronicles of Crime and I told you I said you need to play this, we need to play this, let's play this. And then we played mm-hmm. it late one night at Atlanta Game Fest and we had a blast and it was just crazy fun uh, like we solved a crime and we all chipped in and just had a great time. And you felt like you were really solving a crime. Yeah, dead, dead cats. In, oh yeah, there were dead cats in that one. Uh <laughs> Destinies is super immersive. Um, this is a game from Lucky Duck Games that went to Kickstarter, I think, 2018, I think, or 20, I think it was 2018 or maybe early 2019. I remember seeing it and saying, you know what? I don't know. It's not really my thing. Like, I I get what they're doing with the app and everything, story-driven, RPG. And I looked at it, miniatures. I just didn't really see anything that I would connect with. And then Mm -hmm. when people started receiving it and they started saying how good it was, I was like, maybe I should check this out. Maybe I could like, maybe I was missing something. So we got a copy, uh, lucky duck Games sent it to us to, to review. Um, and our review will go live later this month, but it is incredible. Um, I've never played, uh, I'm a big fan of Skyrim. I remember sitting on the couch and playing Skyrim for, for weeks playing Skyrim. I remember playing fallout for weeks, you know, and loving the immersiveness of those games and going on side quests and finding things that you needed and completing these things. And in destinies, you're doing that. It's all app guided. Uh, there's an app that you download. I actually um, recently came into having a tablet. Um, and so we use the tablet to download Destinies and we're using the tablet on the table on a little stand. And this way we can all see it. And there's there's thematic music and it's so well produced. Um, you are trying to, each character that you play has two destinies on the back of their card. Um, and to, in order to fulfill those destinies, uh, one of the destinies, you have to do specific things, but you're not letting anybody else at the table know what you're doing. So you're going around town and you're investigating things and you're solving things, you're fetching things for other people, you're collecting items, and then you fulfill your destiny and go on this like big end game uh, skill test. And it's so much fun. Man, it it was it was legit the best two and a half hours that I spent gaming last week. You know, um, nice, so good, so good. Uh, we're, <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were about to say the best two and a half hours of my life, and I was like, that's a bit much. Let's all calm yeah. down. Nah, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but I really like. I really enjoyed it, and so much so that Saturday we went to we went out of town uh, to visit family on Saturday. And for 30 minutes of our drive, Aaron and I just recapped the game to each other. 
like we just talked about the game and talked about the little pieces like there were things about my character that Aaron didn't know and there were things that Aaron found through the narrative that she found that I didn't know and so we just talked about it for 30 minutes on the way to see family and it was so good like we had such a fun time so it was nice yeah maybe that's what we need to do this this weekend Actually, yes. Have you actually have you made a, yeah. have you made your list yet of what you want to be playing this weekend? I, I that's I'm actually going to pull those games tomorrow. So we're we're going to have a little. Aaron is is putting something together for me around gaming. Twelve hours of gaming, and I'm very. It's a drop in thing that she's planned, and I'm very very excited about it. It's it's like the best way to celebrate my fortieth birthday. Um, so. It's and it's very different from any any celebration that I saw last year during the pandemic. So <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm really excited Thank about goodness. this. Week. So yeah, yeah, so, it's going to be so. awesome. So speaking of getting right, right, yeah, I was about to say. Speaking of your birthday and you being an ancient old fart, like yeah, you know, you've been playing board games a long time. I mean, we've we've both been playing board games a long time. So now, like. Let's take a moment as you've reached this milestone in your life to look back on, <laughs> to look back on everything that, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to stop. Um, yeah. Like how have kind of, what is, what is gaming for you now? And, and how does that look different than what it used to be? Yeah. I think, I think if I was just going to say age, um, I think that I play, far less party games. Okay. Um, in my twenties, um, and, and some of it obviously, because that's all that was there, you know, um, you know, for, so in my twenties, I played a lot of party type games just because I was around college students doing college ministry and things like that. But also like the party games were this social atmosphere that, that it just connected us as people. And Mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert, so I enjoyed those things. Um, Erin didn't care for the party games as much. And so she always, she's always enjoyed strategy. Like even, even when we started playing games heavily in our twenties, um, she really enjoyed strategy games. Like she took to some of the game, uh, she took to Catan, she took to, you know, some of the strategy games that somebody would teach us. And she's like, there's more here than just rolling a die or collecting a card or something like that. I can, I can game this thing. And so I think that in my twenties, I played a lot of party games and that was kind of a lot of my game time. And now I think it's more divided between thoughtful, um, strategic games that make me think and, and challenge me. Um, like I just, I, I just got Viscounts of the West Kingdom for my birthday this past weekend for my, for my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And nice. I really like the West Kingdom series. Um, yeah. it is not the heaviest of games, but they're right there in the middle. And I really enjoy that. You know, yeah. um, I want to play Kanban and I want to, uh, play the gallerist. I want to play on Mars, but I know that it. I don't know. I, I feel like as I've gotten older, I, 
I don't have the people around me to play those games. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy. I'm very happy right in the middle, like the medium difficulty of gaming, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. What about you? Like, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. The idea of like, just where you're at. I mean, that's not to say you don't still play party games. I mean, I think like, would you say that, you know, the types of party games or like has changed at all? Like, or, I mean, your audience has changed to who you game with more often in the scenarios that you're in. But like, even the games that you like, like party games, like you said, that used to be what you played a lot do you see like a change in which ones you're playing or the types of party games that you play? I think so. I think that the party games that I played in my twenties were just very silly games, just kind of making people do weird, stupid stuff. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think that stuff like medium or um, I'm looking on my shelf to try to see anything that's like like just one and, just one. Yeah. So yeah. when I play those games, I kind of see into the way that a person thinks, you know, so mm-hmm. S- sacred rights is sitting in front of me. Okay. Sacred mm-hmm. rights is one of my favorite party games of the past couple of years. Um, and you know, uh, rest in rest in peace, uh, story machine games. Um, mm-hmm. sacred rights is a really good game. It's basically, uh, a, it's more than a reskin of chameleon but it's just really well done. And when you play the game, you kind of see how people think and you, you are challenged with what they know and what they don't know. And so there's a social aspect of it that I really enjoy. It's okay. Here's a good example. Uh, Do you remember you and I um, talked about New York? We, we did a review for New York slice, a video review like five Mm -hmm. years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, so New York Slice is a I pick you choose game. So I mean, what what is it? I, uh, ter- I, like a I keep wanting to say tear and share, but that's a food term. But like yeah, yeah, um, yeah, where you like split it up, and then the people, the other player gets to decide which of the groups that you split it up into they want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So New York Slice, you could play it just as I want this. And I want somebody else to have this. I look at New York slice more as a psychological thing. I can divide this pizza up in a way that makes it so tempting for another person based on what they have and the way that I've seen them think in the previous game that I believe 90% of the time they'll pick that. I like Mm -hmm. that. I like that mental challenge of trying to say what what is the most appetizer? What is the most, uh, how can I get this person to pick this thing? You know, and I like that aspect yeah. of it. So when I look at New York slice, even though I don't play it very often, I look at that game from a different perspective than I did 10 years ago, you know, yeah. than I would have yeah, 10 yeah. years ago if it existed, you know? So. Well, know. and I think too, like the idea also is, I mean, do you, have you, would you say that you've always been the facilitator when it comes to gaming? Like you're always the one that's introducing, trying to teach, trying to make sure everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Until, until yeah. Bob came into my life, honestly, 
until Bob was, I met Bob through, uh, co through work because we had actually been playing board games at work and Bob and a group of his friends from his division started playing board games in the cafeteria also. So we kind of like two rival gangs came together, um, and made amends and shared meeples. I don't know what that means. Um, but the, it sounds like you're, you're in some sort of board game mafia, honestly. It really was like I like we had to kiss rings. I don't know what that does, that means either. But anyway, it's just getting weird because it's late. Um, yeah. But yep, yep. so so uh, Bob is the first person who regularly taught me board games because in the past it was always I would get the board game or somebody would get a new board game and they would literally give it to us and say, "Hey, learn this." And then let's play. And I'm like, oh, this is my responsibility. Cool. You know, um, that yeah. hasn't changed, I guess. That hasn't changed in yeah. a decade. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I mean, that would definitely also impact like the kind of games that you're going to play because you you go from like consumer to I mean, you're still a consumer, but like taking the lead on stuff takes it just changes it up a bit. Yeah. But whatever. Um yeah, I mean, as I was thinking about like my gaming, it's I don't yeah. think I've hit a ten year mark where like gaming has been that big of a deal for me. Um, I, I mean, I was still very into video games ten years ago, um, but yeah. uh, like just thinking even now about it's it's tough because I'm still in this phase where it's like my board game collection is almost more of a reflection of what I want my gaming to be rather than what it is in reality. Like I have a lot of games that require more time that require, you know, more players, players that are at kind of a higher, you know, level. And while I certainly have people that could play, I mean, I could, I could honestly get together something for most of the games I've got. Like there's a lot of games I have that, I don't know when I'll ever play them if I'm being honest. Um, But because it's like, if I have people coming over, there's the part of me that's like, do I, I I do have a struggle between like, do I play something that's new? You know, we're almost always going to play something new to them, but is it new to me? And, you know, do I want to deal with the idea of teaching a game that I really don't feel like I know that well? and not knowing how long it's going to last and stuff like that. Or is it easier for me to bust out something that's like Colt Express or Hadara or something that like I'm very comfortable with that I think is really reliable. Cause that's the other thing too, is like the time that I get to spend with people is so limited that it's really tough to like, if, if, if we have a bad game night, like, it's it feels like a bigger waste because those are so few That's, and far between. That is true. I think so. I think that is one thing outside of like my game choices. I think that's something that has significantly changed. I spend significantly more time gaming now than I did um, when I was in my twenties because mm-hmm. uh, you know remember 
in my twenties, I had very little kids, you know, they, mm-hmm. they were running around. So my board game collection was up off the floor. Uh, there was still the Candyland and seven versions of life and everything else in my collection. So it, you know, Monopoly junior and stuff like that. So now because my kids are teenagers, they're a little more self-sufficient. They're a little more like they have their hobbies and the things that they enjoy. Just a little, so just I can, a little, just a little, so just a little self-sufficient, right. but now I spend more time gaming. So on the weekend, Aaron and I, because the kids sleep in because they're teenagers, Aaron and I will wake up on a weekend, have coffee and play an hour long game, which that was never possible when you have, three little ones around the house because you had to get breakfast ready and you had to do things for them. And they woke up at six 30, even though it was a weekend, their, their minds couldn't wrap them around. Know, that right? God. You're going through that now. You know, you woke up at five forty five on Monday and I was like, Phoebe, it's Memorial day. Don't you know, you need to honor people by sleeping. There just we a little go. Bit more, please. Did you not know this? Um, so that cha- that's changed. I actually game a lot more than I did in my twenties, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's like, I mean, obviously I'm right in the middle of what you're talking about and it's about to get even crazier. And so like the, the two player gaming sessions that Sarah and I have, like, I do think like my, I might be, that's, you know, like the button shy games and things like that are going to be a bigger part of my collection the next few years because it's something that like Sarah and I can quickly put on the table or like, you know, if I'm playing at work or something like that. And that's something I do want to try to do a little bit more is um, play a little bit more at work, whether it be with students or, you know, other teachers. Um, But that's just something I haven't quite been able to do yet. I need to do a better job. Yeah. Um, Do you find yourself gravitating more toward, and I don't want to say prettier games, but more artistically refined games now. I mean, when you, when you, when you look at that's something that I find myself doing, you know, I, when I look at a game, I want it to look good, you know? Right. Um, and I think I have less, I think I have less energy for the mediocre artwork. That's a good game. Right. Because there are great games with great artwork now. Well, and I don't think, like, it's kind of hard to find a game that's ugly these days, honestly. Yeah, like, it, I think it's most games. Way, the standard's way higher. Yeah. And so, like, there's certain games, like, I honestly, there are a handful of games, like, that I will, I have never played, and I'm like, probably never going to play just because the, like I judge the box, you know, the game by its cover. Yeah. Um, I, let's see if I can find, there's one of them that I've always been. It's, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, Googling it right now. Yeah. It's Feudum. F E U D U M. I don't know if you've seen like the artwork yeah, and it yeah. kind of looks like adventure time to me. And I hate that artwork and it's just, <laughs> it's just like, and and no offense to the uh, artist. I mean, I can say that even though I just said I hate it. But like, it's definitely not my style. I don't like it. Um, and so it's like a game I probably will never play. Um, like, there are very few games I think that are like that. But that was like, yeah. like I remember when we first started doing this. Like, I fell in love with Fowers games 
because, you know, they were so pretty and they were so well-made and they look like, you know, and, and I think there's an element of that where, like, I've never been one that's a sucker for minis. I don't really care about them. Um, You've made you know, that well known. Yeah. Um, if if they're interesting, like, like I guess I think maybe what draws my attention now is, is like, I need something that is unique is maybe not strong enough word because like every game has to have some element that makes it stand out so that you want to get it as opposed to other games but like something you're not seeing elsewhere like you know one thing i I really like the canvas games that have been kind of that that were put out last year and they had the expansion that went on kickstarter like the idea that you can like hang the box on the wall as a framed picture that's really cool yeah um i backed um on uh, Kickstarter, I backed uh, So You've Been Eaten because, like, just that title alone and, like, the yep. the quirky description, I'm like, this is a game that's different than other games. And so I think that's now where, like, like I, I don't really have many, like, medieval fantasy games. I don't have, you know, those kind of combat things. I don't have a lot of resource management building thing. I don't have too many things that are like your standard board game. I have things that are going to be interesting that other people will be like, wow, that was something I haven't done before in a game or I didn't know board games did that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I want, I want it to have like shock, shock value maybe is the wrong term, but like it's really, really going to stand out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, what Destiny's done. Destiny did for me this past week. It stood out. It was an experience that I've had in a video game world, but I've not had it in a board game world. And that was surprising to me, you know? So, well, and I think like, you know, you know, when, I mean, I, I, I don't know too much about Destiny's, um, and, you know, just kind of listening to your description and things like that, like, like, I don't know that I would ever get anything that's, you know, it's explored dark medieval fantasy land is, you know, in its little BGG recommendation. I don't know that I will ever, it will be, I will be hard pressed to ever buy a medieval fantasy game ever again. Like, yeah. I mean, I, it, obviously this, you know, setup and everything or, you know, would have me thinking about it differently. And if I could sell that, but like, like I like Res Arcana, but I don't think I'll ever own it. Like, like yeah. swords and magic and things like that are things that I don't know how frequently I will get them to, or that I'm even interested in getting them to the table anymore. You know, I think it's, I don't, I want a theme that's unique. I, I want like, and you know, every time something, well, that's why pops, I had no, that's why I had no interest in it at first. Like when right, I looked at it, right. I was like, that's really nice artwork for a game. I don't care about, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think as, as we get, further along like it's funny we see like you were saying with the dinosaur parts games like there will be a theme that pops up that's somewhat unique and then like it gets overdone almost immediately like um you know plants was a thing a while back and then it was like herbaceous tussy mussy you know all these things and it's like plants plants, plants, like little flower shop and now it's like oh my gosh another plants game and so like um you know, those can be, it's, it's hard for people to find things that are unique 
that stand out and are not like, oh, here we go again. It's another, you know, exploring the high seas and, you know, getting stuff. But like, so you've, like, like I said, if I'm looking at my current pledges, um, you know, aside from games that are like button shy and then, you know, but I've got like, um, Cryptid Cafe, which, you know, was really cool and the artwork's really unique. I've got yeah. So You've Been Eaten. I've got um, The Market, which is just one that I think just wrapped up today. Um, it's a smaller game, but it has you kind of like, it's a cool little economic system, but the artwork is really cool and it's got a really cool backstory and all that that I really, you know, I was engaged by. And so those are the kinds of things that I think moving forward that's going to be pretty much everything I ever buy. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's interesting how, as you get old, I think as you get older, um, it, this is true for me. I know the things that I like and I know the things I don't like. Um, every time s- something comes up with city building, I will look at it, whether or not I buy it. I'm going to look at it every single time. Um, anytime an amusement park theme game comes up, I'm going to look at it. I mean, I'll buy them, but I'm going to at least look at them. You know, right. so it's funny because I know myself well enough that I know I like those games. And and the good part is that they're not overly saturated right now. You know, yeah. so you're right about yeah. the plant games. There are a ton of tiny plant, tiny, there are a ton of small filler games that are about plants. Right. And I'm just like, I, it's so funny because I, I wanted Topiary, uh, it was Danny Devine made that game and it was, uh, what was it? Uh, Renegade Game Studios published it years ago and I'd right. never played it. And then Aaron and I played it actually a couple couple weeks ago while on vacation uh, when we went to a board game shop in Jacksonville, Florida. And mm-hmm. it was really fun. But at the time when it came out, it, it came out at a time when I was like, oh, this looks really cool. Oh, I'm really into plant games. And then by the time it came around and I had it on my wish list, I was like, I don't want another plant game. And I deleted it off my wish list without ever having played it, you know? Well, and that's kind of like, like Tussie Mussie's expansions on Kickstarter right now. I mean, only for like two more days, but like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I think the game is fine, but it's, um, it's, I'm just over flowers. You know, it's just, I don't want, I don't want to play a game about plants anymore. And, and so it's like, I, I, I like the designer. I like button shy, but it's just, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be getting it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. Awesome, man. Well, I think this was good, good chat about it. It's kind of made me reflective of like what, uh, what games like what games have I gotten rid of for my twenties that I I'm like no I don't see myself playing that anymore so mm-hmm. uh, I might have to look through my collection so yeah yeah well and you know I've got to like I mean some of your collection you're whittling it down and I'm coming to buy it this weekend so you know that'll be fun that's, that's true there's two one or two games that uh, you're going to be purchasing from me um, we went up to uh, speaking of that we went to a really cool event in Atlanta uh, it was a gaming swap meet put together by uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo um, the people over there are amazing love them they're out of Atlanta and so uh, if you don't know Southern Fried Gaming Expo is taking place I believe August 20th to 22nd so if you're not doing anything come join us Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta. 
going to be super fun. One of my favorite conventions. Um, but they are, um, they set up a gaming swap meet and we sold a couple, myself and Bob went up there and we sold a couple games, had some fun, got to play some games, um, got to meet some people and hang out with, uh, with people that we know up in Atlanta. Um, uh, so it was, it was really cool. Had a lot of fun and just enjoyed the fellowship up there. Um, and then out of that, my son was, Josiah was with us and he ends up buying an arcade cabinet from one of the, one of the people, uh, that's selling, uh, games like, uh, console games and arcade games and stuff. He's, he buys an arcade cabinet. So now he has a midway arcade cabinet in his bedroom. (laughs) So with some really nice joysticks that were replaced and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's kind of neat. And so, and then I end up walking with, with, uh, cheating uh got cheating moth and what was the other game oh uh the azul version the azul edition of 5211 so i picked those mm-hmm. up while i was there yep so yeah i mean i'm gonna steal the arcade while i'm there it's gonna be great so well my yeah, voice just trudge. suddenly disappeared i don't know what's going on um <laughs> it's time to end the podcast Yes, it's time to hang up. Um, so, yeah, tell everybody what they should check out since my voice sounds like garbage. Yes, uh, everybody, go over to OneBoardFamily.com. That's where you'll find all our writings. Currently, right now, I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, we are featuring Fossil Canyon, uh, the preview for Fossil Canyon. This is a Kickstarter uh, that is that went live on June 2nd. And then Wizards of Grimoire, uh, which is a dueling card game uh, all about magic spells and stuff. That's actually a really fun game. I played it digitally. Uh, you can check that one out. We have a preview for that. And Rick's review, finally, he finally finished it. Uh, Rick's review of Victorian Masterminds from Simon is up, along with our boss mon- uh, our overboss review uh, from like two weeks ago. So uh, I'm just trying to be really helpful. Yeah, man. Uh, lots of good stuff on the website. Uh, and if you want to follow us online, you can follow us at one board family on all the social media sites and join us on Friday nights for Friday night fight, which is our unmatched, uh, fighting, uh, live stream that myself and Aaron do most weeks, uh, during the summer, we're actually going to be accepting submissions from, uh, people who have built their own homebrew unmatched characters. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, we're calling it SummerSlam, and we're going to be, uh, throwing in, we're going to have our usual unmatched fight, but we're also going to be throwing in player submitted decks, uh, to fight oh, with during the month, during the summer months. So, uh, that'll be coming up very, very soon. So, yeah. Man, that's a lot of stuff. Wonderful. Rick, I'm looking forward to gaming with you, sir. Uh, I will see you this week. It's going to be great. I'm going to go fall asleep now immediately. Yes, definitely. All right. Until next time, we will see you at the table. Where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.